Hey everybody, it's your boy Buzz from Bulls on Tap and Socks on Tap, brought to you by ontapsportsnet.com. And I want to talk to you about something. These podcasts are now presented by Manscaped. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin safe technology so you don't nick your balls or any other sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping and handling on all your manscaping needs. of all ages welcome to bulls on tap i am your boy buzz and i'm joined by my dude goose aka bull scripted and we are here to recap the weekend west coast games that we missed we're here to talk some twitter fun shit we're here to do a lot are we going to even have an nba season coming up here soon or is it going to shut down let's not panic before we get into that be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap, at ontapsportsnet. Following Goose at Bulls Scripted and following me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. So be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Goose, competitive basketball this weekend against two of the Western Conference top teams. But it was not enough to pull out the dubs. I think it was enough to make us excited on what we saw. But it was not enough for Joe Colley. Not enough for Joe Colley. So uh, <laughs> I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to shout you know, shout at him and go at him here, but he upset a lot of Bulls fans. A lot of Bulls fans actually did agree with him, but it wasn't enough for him. Um, but what I saw in those first two games was a badass Zach Levine. And before you even get into that, man, how are you, number one? And number two, go ahead and just get into the topic. We'll have a good time. Crack them. No, I mean, I'm, I'm hanging in there like everybody else in the world right now, just trying to make it day by day. But who gives a fuck what Joe thinks? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's the consensus on Twitter and amongst Bulls fans for the most part is who gives a fuck what Joe thinks? He came out with an article pretty much saying that Zach Levine's upset with his financial commitment from the Chicago Bulls and he wants to be an all-star and he wants to be paid like an all-star. And the Bulls need to decide on this quickly or they will rot in mediocrity forever. Um, and I mean... To an extent, we've we've echoed some of this sentiment at times uh, throughout the offseason and leading up to draft night. And yeah, I was big advocate of trading Zach Levine and kind of reshuffling this deck to to avoid losing value uh, on his contract heading into a deadline and being a seller. Uh, I just thought that the optics of if you had any inclination of moving Zach that draft night was the time to do it you would know what prospect what pick whatever uh you were getting in that situation when you trade somebody at the deadline um as a selling team you're walking into a situation where only the guys that feel they have a legitimate chance at winning the championship are interested and their draft picks suck so what i feel we could get for zach at the deadline compared to what we could have got on draft night despite his play to me i still think it would be lesser just situationally 
So now that the offseason's passed and Zach Levine's playing great basketball, I don't want to trade Zach. I don't know where you stand on that. I know it's another topic like usual that Bulls fans are torn on. you got a lot of people that are like, take whatever you can get for him while you can get what you can for him. Zach's a one-way player. He's never going to be anything but a shot chucker and da-da-da. Um, and I don't think that's fair, given what we've seen this season, what we've seen every year since Zach's made it to Chicago in uh, his steady improvement. So I'll let you touch on that a little bit more before I uh, continue to rant on. I, I, I can't say that Zach Levine is a shot chucker. I hate that. I hate that narrative. Um, he's changed his game a lot. He's improved. And despite bad coaching with since he's been here, pretty much most of his career, he's continued to get better. I forgot that 25 years old meant you were fucked. I, I forgot that. I, I really did, that you can't get better. Um, I think he can get better. I think he has been playing better. But I will say one thing. I am in favor of trading Zach Levine if the package coming back is worth our while. Because Zach is not 1A, and I know that. Zach is maybe 2, maybe, maybe 3. 2 or 3 is a guy that could take the pressure off of the superstar. He's elite at getting to the rim, and he's got, and he's very dangerous from 3. I just... He doesn't play on both ends of the floor, which is why people, I guess, kind of value Bradley Beal over him a little bit. Um, uh, the numbers would tell you Bradley Beal plays worse defense than Zach That's what Levine. I was just about to say. So I'm not really understanding that myself. Beal gets points in buckets, but guess what? Beal's in the Eastern Conference, too, and Beal's team's getting fucking killed. And he has a future MVP, or I'm sorry, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a past MVP right next to him. Um, you know, I... <laughs> I think that if, if the trade pack, it would have to be a very, very high draft pick. And we would have to know well, it would and be a high draft pick because, like, dude, if we don't draw somebody in, like a superstar in free agency, okay, and then we trade Zach and it's like, oh, well, it's some top five top. No, fuck you, dude. Like, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. You know, it's going to be an unprotected pick from a shit team, but I don't know if a shit team's going to even do it. So, I mean, at this point, no, I, I don't know where to shit go. Team did- for a shit team to do it, they're pretty much saying, okay, we don't think that you'll come to us in free agency. The Bulls haven't given you an extension yet. You have a year and a half left on your contract. Uh, we'll trade for you, extend you in the offseason, pay you whatever the hell you want, and lock you up for the next four or five years. Um, so, no, I mean, and that's always kind of been the issue with Zach is his value to this team is much greater than what you're going to find on the trade market. I don't think you're going to find a top five let alone a top 10 pick for Zach Levine. You might not even find a lottery pick for Zach Levine because a lot of the teams that are in the lottery are in the same position as the Bulls. They need a 1A. They need a cornerstone. They need a franchise player to build around. And as good as Zach Levine is, I don't know that anybody's going to value him in that way with his contract situation. Um, so I guess for me, I mean, the offseason, the package that I kind of figured for Zach was – mid to late lottery pick, uh, rookie contract of a promising young player, and salary filler. I thought that was realistic. And now, I mean, even just thinking about that, unless you know you were getting a surefire prospect, like we got an extra asset, traded it with fourth to get in the top three of this draft, I don't know how you're going to get somebody that makes you confident that you can replace that talent in what you're receiving back. And I'd rather they just extend Zach this offseason, see what he proves his worth is this year, pay him accordingly, and extend that window on your decision. Maybe Zach is your guy. 
maybe you can pull somebody in here because Zach is here and you have this young core. We invested a top five pick in Patrick Williams, who by no means is ever going to take the ball out of Zach's hands offensively. If anything, he was drafted to protect Zach's flaws. So I just don't see a situation that benefits the Bulls and getting rid of Zach. And if, if it comes along, by all means, do so. But it just doesn't feel that way. You know, that's why hypothetical trade packages here just kind of, I don't want to say confuse me, but I just i just can't get on board with them because I have an expectation now on what to get. I, I'm watching Zach improve his playmaking ability. I'm watching Zach improve offensively, not just his playmaking, but obviously his shot, his shot selection for the most part. Yes, you know, spare me with the hero ball shit that we've heard so much about. Um, he, he was the reason we were in those games and he was creating for his teammates as well. So, um, you know, I, I just don't know where to go on it, man. Like I said, if, if the right package comes along and it, I'm a top eight, seven, six, maybe top. No, let's not stay away from seven. The top five, six pick, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, you know, let's run. And that's, and that's not going to happen in this draft. Right. You're right. It's no, not. you're not. It's too deep. The 2021 NBA draft is fucking deep. And I, I, you know me, dude, I'm huge into college basketball. I've always been, I see a lot of, of promising talent come out. And I mean, there's some talent that could fit the bulls needs, but this is where you have to ask yourself too. And like I said, this is just an organic conversation for all over the place, guys. I'm sorry, but it is what it is when we get together on, on these kind of episodes that aren't, uh, you know, post games. But if you look at it, dude, you have a guy like Jalen Suggs, you have a guy like Cade Cunningham, okay? You, you have these these point guards that are coming out. You you have a shooting guard, Zaire Williams. You have, you know, you have so many different things. Uh, that kid from Arkansas, what the fuck's his name? He's got a fun name. It's like Moses Moody. Like, he looks decent. You know, like, there are so many different players in this draft that are intriguing where if Zach was moved, I would like to have one of those. But the Bulls are going to play good enough, dude. From what I'm seeing right now, because I, I would assume if the season continues and they can get into some sort of rhythm and they can get healthy again, I would assume that they're right outside of the playoffs possibly or somewhat getting in. I still don't think they make the playoffs, but if they do, I mean, we're going to be towards the end of the lottery, I think, is where we'll end up. Um, obviously, that can change with a ping pong ball, I know, but that's another thing that this the front office needs to look at is like, do you want to... Like, if you're doing shitty, right, like, do you want to move Zach because, you know, he's winning you too many games? I mean, the Bulls are 4-7 and seven right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, I mean, obviously, the three games under 500, it's not great, Bob, but, I mean, they had been very, very competitive, and arguably, arguably, if Steph's brother-in-law didn't hit that fucking three on us, and we had a couple different things go different in that Clippers and Lakers game, we're staring at a fucking... <laughs> Over 500 team here, possibly. Well, no, and going into the season, we weren't very optimistic about that happening. Given the schedule, we probably should have beat the Kings with the Aaron, without the Aaron Fox. We had that Lakers game damn near in the bag almost the whole entire game. And, you know, we lost by a combined total of five points between the West's two best teams in the Lakers and the Clippers. And something that I feel wasn't like focused on enough was we were without at least two rotation players, three or four by the end of that Lakers game when Otto didn't finish playing in the second half. So you have Maury, 
Sato, Hutch, OPJ. You have all these guys missing from your rotation, and you're still keeping up with these teams. Granted, the Lakers uh, didn't play Anthony Davis, but you have LeBron James. Uh, You're going to win that game against the Chicago Bulls without AD. Um, But the Clippers game, they were damn near full strength. We're without our only legitimate facilitator. We've seen Denzel Valentine playing point guard in spot selections here the last few games. Uh, we are missing legitimate depth on a already somewhat questionable roster, and we're hanging in with these teams. So as much as we are not for participation trophies on this podcast, um, you can't take too much away from them. But to your point of are we going to win too much, too many games to hurt ourselves, that was the concern in the offseason was we were projected to be in that middle, probably 10 to 14 spot in the lottery. Um and I tweeted about it a little earlier today. The way the new odds are, being in that no man's land isn't as bad as it used to be. And maybe that's where you want to be. It gives you the opportunity to see what you have. Uh, and it still gives you a chance to get where you want to be with the drop of one ball falling the right way. I don't know how much worse this team gets when you trade Zach. Then you just start saddle. You have Kobe step up. You're getting deeper into probably playing Temple more. Hutch gets more minutes. So I, I don't know how much worse we can really get by just moving one piece from where we are. I like what you just brought up, though, about the Kobe thing. And obviously he's been – let me think about this, man. And I'm not – again, I've been wrong fucking plenty of times, okay? I was wrong about Patrick Williams, all right? And, you know, the jury might be out right now still, but it looks like I was going to be wrong on Wendell Carter Jr. when he's playing with some fucking confidence. Consistency is key. If he can keep doing what he's doing – I didn't think he could be consistent, but look what he's doing right now. He's been playing real well lately. I'll give him credit where credit's due. But everybody's saying that Kobe White couldn't play make. Have you been watching that, dude? Have you been <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like, have you been watching – I know you have. It's more of a general question that I'm kind of doing here. But – I believe it was back-to-back games with career highs and assists. He, 11 and then 13 or 14, I believe. I, against the Lakers, I can't remember what he had. I think it was five. I think it was five. I think you're you have two games. There was a g- gap in a game there. Okay, so the Kings game and then the Lakers game. All right, and then the Clippers yeah. game. Yeah, the Clippers. Or wait, was it the Clippers game? Yeah, it was the Clippers game. He had a bunch of assists in. I believe I'm pulling up the box score right now. Yeah, it was the Clippers game. So yeah, it was the Kings and the Clippers game. So he had nine points, thirteen assists, and eight rebounds. It's just the turnovers. He had five against the Clippers. All right, and then he had three against the Lakers with five assists. But, I mean, if you look what he's kind of doing, he's stringing together really good box scores. And he's showing not only is the box score look decent besides the turnovers, obviously. He's got to work on that. He's got to work on it, but I think that he will get better at it. But look at what he's doing playmaking-wise. He is playing like a point guard that could score the ball. That's what he's playing like, and that's something that I like to see. I wouldn't like to see him be just a two-guard because I think that we're going to sell him short over a position that he could really play, and I think he could really play point guard. I just don't think he's a scoring guard. I think there's more to Kobe White than that. I could be wrong, though. No, I mean, his ability to finish through contact this season has at least improved in the early stretch here. Uh, you know, first 15 games, including preseason, and that is opening up the ability to playmate. The driving kick is probably still the most efficient form of playmaking in the game. If you can't get to the rim, you can't do that. Um, being able to get to the rim and finishing through contact at this point is making defenses collapse, and it's allowing him to be a much better facilitator. And there's some of these passes 
that you see him, he just feels the presence of somebody behind him, and he knows that they're open. It's He's got eyes in the back of his heads on some of this play, and that's the development that we needed to see from Kobe as a point guard. Um, with Sato out, he's kind of been forced into it, and maybe that'll benefit us in the long term. Uh, we'll have to see when Sato comes back if Kobe and Zach's uh, ball handling responsibilities get toned down a little bit again. But just the fact that we played such competitive basketball while being undermanned uh, was encouraging. And it's, if anything, it's going to put this front office in a very interesting, weird position at the trade deadline of, do we just let this play out? Do we have to sell to try to make the lottery? I'm very curious to see where we are towards the end of February. All right, you're our tourist corner show of us right now. What is like? What is your end goal for right now? Because you put out a tweet that I really liked the other day, and you said that what they went in this year expecting to be an evaluation year, and I think with you had it was a tweet along those lines, I believe. It's like they went into this year being an expectation year, but if they're competing, they're competing. And Billy Donovan brings out the competition. I think he's been able to unlock these these guys' potential a little bit more because he's not a dick with ears. Um, you know, like, like Boylan was with us. So, I mean, if you're Arturis Karnaschovas, what is your goal up until the trade? Let's just say up until the trade deadline. Like, are you just, are you going to continue evaluating or are you going to try to pull the trigger because you see the buzz surrounding Zach Levine? Like I touched on in the beginning of the show, I don't think there's going to be an offer from a team in a position to give you enough that warrants you moving Zach Levine. Do you seek it out, or do you just kind of let it ride? You just let it ride. I mean, I would rather pay him money this offseason, even if it's an inflated figure that's going to upset some people, just to retain his services, keep him happy, keep him in the right state of mind, keep this improvement going. Uh, I know in a lot of sports, guys get paid, and it's all downhill from there. I don't think Zach is one of those guys. I think he genuinely wants this. I don't think he's ever going to stop. But, ah, I don't. I wanted moves this offseason because I didn't think that the value would be greater or equal by the deadline. So to me, selling at the deadline tells me that you were wrong in evaluations that a lot of people probably would have felt comfortable making coming in. Um, but to hold off on that and then to just have a fire sale at the deadline if you're not exactly where you want to be is a tough, tough sell for me. So I have a feeling we ride this out. We see what we have, and we see if, you know, we got Kawhi giving us compliments post-game. So who knows? Maybe he opts out of that contract like he's alluded to, and he at least takes a phone call with the Bulls. You never know. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. <laughs> I, I got into the Boylan talk here, and I, I just have to bring this up. So um, there is a Twitter account that was just started. Homie's ga- gaining some follows. I'm not fo- – I, I don't follow him. But I, I keep seeing people, you know how like if someone likes a tweet, it'll pop up on your page, it'll, like you know, on your feed or whatever. But, like, oh, okay, this guy liked this tweet. It's like, so I'm seeing a bunch of these right now. And if you don't know the handle that I'm talking about, it's NBA123BBall. The name is Bullsuck. Okay. So I just want I, I to throw out a couple of my favorite tweets from this account that a lot have accused to be the man none other than himself is Jim Boylan and I will get to a tweet which is um either defunking that or or defunking debunking that or uh 
or just a, a sly cover up here. But um, here are the tweets from the account. The Bulls are a terrible basketball team now. No wonder they are having games postponed. Players and front office members are completely irresponsible. This was bound to have happen after the termination of Jim Boylan. So that is the first tweet that the account made, Goose. And then, I mean, just from there, it goes, Patrick Williams' potential is through the roof. He has the makings of a Kawhi Leonard. Remember to give former's, former Bulls coach Jim Boylan credit for this fine. The Bulls wouldn't have... Ha- wouldn't wouldn't have Patrick had Jim not scouted him at Florida State. Everything ended in March. When the fuck was Jim going to Florida State? To, he was the coach of the Bulls. When was he going to Florida State to scout anybody? Hey, if you remember, Jerry told Jim that he was a, what, what, a team like a CEO. Well, I'm trying to think of the exact word that Jerry <laughs> used. It wasn't ambassador because that would make you Scotty Pippen, and Scotty Pippen didn't know a damn thing about the team that he was an ambassador for, which led to him getting fired uh, for the comment he made on TV <laughs> about admitting about not knowing anything. But what did he say? I don't know. Either way, he he made Jim feel extra important, and I I don't know. I don't know how you get a comment like that out of somebody that isn't Jim Jim's nephew that's on Twitter. I. And I, I have read a good amount of these these tweets that you're alluding to by this account, and I, I can't – it's got to be a troll. Like, there's no way it's Jim. There's no way that even Jim is sitting on his couch thinking that this basketball team would be better if he was still there opposed to him being gone. Um, like, I, I think, like, I'm a decent cook, right? I don't think, like, I'm a bad cook. But, like, if Gordon Ramsay came in here, I know I'd fucking get, like, just murdered, right? Like, that's how Jim should look at Billy Donovan. And if he thinks that he can go toe-to-toe with Billy Donovan in a coaching scenario, whatever drugs he's on, give them to us. Because I, I just, I want to I wanna walk around that high all the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, no, Jim, we don't want your drugs. Enjoy your free drugs that uh, Jerry paid for for you to sit at home and apparently tweet angry about the Bulls. Uh, I don't know. It's got to be a grade-A troll job for me. I don't think that Jim is that naive or insecure. He's got paid millions of dollars to go sit on his couch and coach the Portland Trailblazers defense over the offseason. So, I don't know. It's it's funny. I don't know how anybody... Coach. (laughs) Coach. Yeah, coach. Coach, um, he, he brought in the punch clock. He said, "Time to punch in," and he made it a day. And then he left and took his clock with him. Um, no, I don't know how anybody could legitimately think that. But then I, there was people in our mentions yelling at us, telling us that we were horrible for wanting Jim fired too. So I don't know. Maybe there are genuinely people out there that think Jim Boylan was the bee's knees, and his old school ways were going to take us back to prominence. Uh, but my favorite thing I saw on Twitter last night was the picture of Zach staring up at the board, Kobe not paying attention, Wendell looking around as Jim's trying to talk to them during a timeout, and then a picture of the Bulls team like intently in a huddle with Billy during the middle of a pandemic when everybody's wearing fucking masks. Um, that was from Josh. 
And Josh, hit, Josh? Josh got like 23,000 likes and like fucking t- like 4,000 retweets on that. If it- okay, no. I, I didn't know where I saw it. I just saw it scrolling through. That's awesome. Good yeah. job, Josh. Um, Josh put that on. T- I saw it and I'm like, oh, God. he's got some good little one-liners that he does. See, I'm not hip like the kids. I wouldn't even think to do something like that. I'm not that good at Twitter. But um, I just thought it was so funny as I was going through. I'm like, I look, because I was doing the same thing you were doing. I was scrolling, and then I stopped. I'm like, holy shit, John fucking hit on this thing, you know? Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. So, no. Uh, Boylan Twitter handle aside, NBA123Bball. That, that does sound like something that Jim would <laughs> come up with. You realize what we have to do, right? We have to have him on. I mean, it, it, Sure, let's see if we can put a voice to it. I've I've heard enough Jim Boylan interviews to know if we're on the line with Jim. Maybe he'll hop on video with us and debunk the uh, the mystery. But no, I mean, this mystery person wants to come on. Let's do it. See, I'm tweeting him right now. I'm I'm literally doing it right now. Yeah, I just I just put bull, bull, bull scripted, and I would love to have you on bulls on tap because I. Honestly, I'm not gonna rip on the guy at, at all. If it's not really Jim, I would never rip on him. I would never be disrespectful. But I just, I'm I like, be. I'm gonna be like, are you? <laughs> like, I just want to know, are you straight troll? Like what you said, are you straight trolling, or do you believe this? And if you actually believe this, please, please, fucking tell me why. I just want, I want to know. You know, I'm, just, I'm generally curious. Like you said, if there's people that actually think that Boylan was a good coach. So now moving into something else. We are going to have a guest here in a couple. I'm hoping we could do it in a week or so. Maybe even at the end of this week, I need to reach out to him. But there, have you seen the video floating around of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, have you seen the video floating around of um, like that, God, what is that friggin' page, dude? I'm, I'm like drawing such a horrible blank. Oh, B-Ball Breakdown. B-Ball Breakdown on Twitter, at B-Ball Breakdown. Um, he put the Chicago Bulls offense then, meh, and now, wow. And it's actually a really good video. Have you seen that yet? I have not. I guess I will have something to do when we get off this call. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, direct message it to you right now. So, anyway, I watched this video, and it shows, I mean, stuff that I kind of, again, not trying to sound like a fucking, you know, know-it-all or anything, but stuff from playing basketball growing up, kind of knowing how plays and sets work, Stuff that I kind of figured, like, why the fuck would you have Otto Porter Jr., who's not that great of a ball handler, you know, initiating the offense at the top of the fucking key, you know? Like, I don't, I never understood that. So this guy basically breaks everything down. His name is Coach Nick, and Nick breaks this shit down, and he showed the Jim Boylan offense compared to the um, Billy Donovan offense. And I, I, I just happened to reach out to him. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you know, and he, he does a, all, a bunch of other teams too. I asked him if he'd like to come on just to, you know, uh, talk about what he's seen with this year's Chicago Bulls and he's down. He's got a great following on Twitter. He's got a good following on YouTube. Check him out. Just want to give that a little bit of shout out. If you want to learn basketball, if you're not with like set plays, you don't know how that shit kind of works. Or if you think everything's like NBA 2K and everybody holds down L1 to come set a screen so you can pop a three. It's not typically how basketball works. So definitely, (laughs) (laughs) definitely a cool video. Definitely something to check out a hundred percent. Um, I guess, you know, we should talk about what we were supposed to do tonight too, man. We were supposed to be doing a post game for the Bulls against the Celtics. And that did not happen due to the Celtics not having enough players to play the game. Um, which, which I got to say, like, I'm kind of salty about. 
I'm 100% salty played, about this. We've just played for like two weeks without four players on our roster. And now because another team was less cautious and they're without enough players to even, you know, I don't want to say field a team, but court a team. Is, is, that, is that the phrase I'm looking for? Yeah. Um, that sucks. It does That's suck. That's unfair. It should be a forfeit. It shouldn't be a reschedule. It should be a we're unable to play this game. Um, here's the W. Because I was looking forward to the Celtics being extremely shorthanded, kicking their G League team's ass and stealing an easy win tonight. You know, this is something that I kind of wanted to happen with the NBA. Obviously not the game's getting postponed. I was finishing my thought here. But what I wanted to happen with the NBA is similar to what Major League Baseball did last year, okay? So there was no bubble, right? You know, there was no bubble for Major League Baseball. They had a taxi squad. And I do realize that all teams do not have G League teams, but maybe you could have, like, pulled some shit together to have available players on some sort of taxi squad. So if something did go down, you can get some replacement-level players up to play for you to keep the schedule moving along. And that's something the NBA didn't do. They were very, they were talked about as being like innovative with the bubble. And dude, I'm going to tell you something right now. Credit where credit's due. The bubble was fucking amazing for the NBA. They did great at that. They really did. They did absolutely phenomenal. So now you see fans or just, you know, people on Twitter saying, well, they should have just done the bubble for the whole season. It's like, yeah, dude, six plus months of basketball. I mean, I would for twenty fucking million dollars. Are you kidding me? A couple like I would do it for a couple hundred grand if I can go, you know, to Disney and sit there and play fucking basketball. But I get you have families, you have shit that you want to do. I understand that you have other obligations besides just basketball and your job in your life. But they should have had some sort of system here with backup implications because there's not. If you look at it, dude, when baseball was going through it this year, it's not like the NBA could sit here and play double headers, brother. They can't. They can't do doubleheaders like this. So if you, hypothetically, like if you start falling behind so bad, like the Cardinals did this year for in, in Major League Baseball, they were having to play fucking burner doubleheaders and seven inning doubleheaders just to try to catch up because they were so far behind. If that happens to an NBA team, it's not like you could fly from fucking Chicago to to New York or to Los Angeles or to Texas and and, and start like doing all these makeup games within a day. It's going to be a process. And then you're going to burn that team out from travel. It's going to be a pain in the ass. So well, and the Bulls already played more games than most teams to start the first exactly. whatever. So so maybe this break is good for them in the same, you know, tone, but we just started rolling. So maybe it's the the opposite of a good thing. I, I think that if the if they're going to sit down, and I know they talked about it, and this is something that just kind of grinded my ass today. Listen, I'm not a fucking stickler about the COVID thing. I wear a mask when I go out in the public. We went, to, Me and my wife and my kids went to Target today. Ren wanted slime. I don't know fucking why, but she wanted slime. We went and got her slime at Target. But, you know, I had my mask on. I stay distanced from everybody. I do what I got to do. You know, all that, that's fine and fucking dandy. But the thing from the NBA today was they wanted the players from – you know, opposing teams to stay away pre and post. The logic's decent, I guess, but like you do realize they're fucking rubbing <laughs> up on each other out there in, in, in a, con- a like a legitimate contact. They're sweating on each other. Like, what? Where do you win there? Do you know what I mean? Like, where? Where do you win in not being? If someone's got COVID, you're fucked. 
Right? No, I mean, you're all passing the same ball around. You're all sweating on the same ball. I saw the note that they don't want teams doing the high fives at the free throw lines either. Right. Like They don't, they don't want players doing that, you know, unwritten ritual. Um, and it's like, what? What exactly? Like, I, I guess I could applaud the attempt. But at the end of the day, you're not doing anything. These guys are legitimately banging up on each other in the post, um, fighting over screens, yelling defensive rotations and offensive sets, spitting on each other, talking shit, spitting on each other. Like, no, if somebody's got it, everybody's getting it. So I guess for the optics of what's going on with as bad as some of the cases have gotten for some teams, sure, yeah. Don't don't let players, you know, fraternize in between uh, during or after. I uh, I don't think it's going to do anything, but I, maybe it makes some people feel better. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I do know that how they've gone about this clearly isn't working because you have players that have contracted the virus before testing positive a second time. So whether that's just player carelessness, they thought they were, you know, immune because they had already gone through it, or it's the teams not, you know, being strict enough with these guys, I don't know. Uh, but a six-month bubble for 30 teams is not going to work the same way it worked for uh, 12 teams down to eight uh, in Florida for the playoffs. That's not realistic to me. Um, even though, like you said, hell yeah, <laughs> give me $100,000, I'll sit wherever the hell you want me to sit for six months straight. I won't even leave the room. I won't talk to nobody. Give me a hundred grand. I'll sit in a room and just go insane for six months. I'm fine with that. As long as there's a bag of money at my door when I get to unlock the bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, but, I, I just, I, I'm not trying to make like fucking fun of them or anything like that, but I mean, dude, like that is just... I still feel Adam Silver is different than any other commissioner in major major sports. I really do. I, I think that he is way more player-friendly. I feel like he hears out the players' union. I mean, can you think of a sport that the players' union and the, and the owner get along like they do for the most part? I can't. You know, no. I, I really can't. I mean, the first thing that Adam Silver really took shit about in his tenure was starting the season so fucking early compared to when they got done in October. You and know? even that had the... Uh players financial stability and well-being in mind so right i mean it, it's just to me this was such a stupid fucking pr move to try to attempt to make themselves look better in this case and it's like dude just come out and fucking say it man like we need to get this season done we have obligations to partners to te whatever we need to figure out a way to get it done but you know, it's not it's not black and white. There's a, a bunch of gray in there due to just what this virus is doing to people and, and how it spreads. And, and that's just what it comes down to. But like I said, I just got a kick out of that. Like, that's what they came up with. Like, I'm thinking they're shutting the season down for two weeks. That's what I thought all fucking day today until I saw the news. I'm like, season's going to shut down for two weeks. They're going to get everybody. They're going to try to figure something out. You know, maybe, again, I, I was kind of thinking in my head. I know it sounds crazy, but maybe have like, Midwest teams kind of play like a Midwest thing and have the winner of that come out, have the East teams kind of play, you know, the far Eastern teams and the West teams go at it and, and, and do some sort of tourney kind of play similar to how baseball was this year. Again, I'm, I'm using Major League Baseball here as an example because it's, it's not like the Sox or the Cubs went out to L.A. 
It's not like they went out to fucking New York. They stayed in the Midwest, you know, and even they, there were struggles here and there with that, you know. I just... Fucking Cardinals. Yeah, no shit, right? But, I mean, again, man, it's just, you know, crack them. It's just such a rock and a hard place just to kind of figure it all out. I don't I don't envy those people. It's just, dude, you got to do a little bit better than that. <laughs> you got to say something better in my mind. Yeah, you can't put a liquid Band-Aid on something that needs stitches and expect it to stay sealed. Um, and that's kind of what that was. Don't shake hands. Don't touch each other's hands during the game either. Oh, wait, you mean I'm touching the same ball, I'm trying to block this guy, and I'm going to touch his hand whether I want to or not, but I can't shake his hand when all this is said and done? Yeah, he must have contracted COVID by the time he went to the bathroom and we shook hands. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I, I hope they find a way to keep this going. I don't want to see it get shut down. Being trapped in your house without sports isn't fun. Well, um, we did it for months, and it was fucking miserable. It was miserable yeah, for me, man. Weren't you guys doing, like, movie reviews and shit? What, and on tap? Well, yeah, dude. Yeah. On t- yeah, a bunch of on tap guys were, like, just doing some, like, fun movie reviews. You know, Schwartzy is a big pop culture guy. Like, he loves all that shit. You know, and we were just trying to have fun, you know, and there was just not much to talk about at the time, you know. And I, so, I, would, I would hate for this, you know, the NBA to shut down because, I mean, you know how I feel about the Bulls. I, I can't tell you what team I love more than what other team. I just, I'm so entangled in all of them. Um, but I'm more except the Blackhawks. I want them to win. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't really care for hockey so much. But the Bears, the Sox, and the Bulls are just—I need that shit, and it just—you know—it's hard to deal without it. I, I pray that they fucking figure it out, man. I mean, they have smart so, people at the forefront. As of right now, when is our next game supposed to be? So looking at the schedule, it looks like we're going to be going on the 15th, which is Friday, and we start at seven o'clock in Oklahoma City. So that is the next game. We play the Thunder. So we're, so we're skipping the Boston game entirely to be made up at a different date? I'm assuming because I haven't heard anything about it. Because Boston has missed more. Haven't they missed more than just this game? No, I don't. I know they had enough players to play. They had eight. I think Taco Fall was starting. <laughs> they they, yeah, they had their the G League. out of Westbrook, dude. Yeah? Yeah, he's the uh, fuck out of Westbrook. They uh, so they, I know they had enough players to play a couple of games, and I think they even did one where they only had seven. Um, they were postponed Sunday. They were supposed okay, to play Miami on Sunday. Sunday, and they were postponed Sunday, and then obviously today. So that's that is now two games in a row, and then they did play. Um, oh man, they played Thursday last. Uh, no, they, I'm sorry, they played Friday last week against the Wizards. That that was the Taco Fall Block and Westbrook game. So they, they were postponed Sunday and they were postponed today. So which is Tuesday, um, the twelfth. So they've already missed two games, man. So I don't know if these games are going to get made up at a later time. I mean, they're they're going to have to. They're, if you're going to keep a seventy-two game schedule, you're going to have to. I mean, or you have to make the Celtics forfeit. That's, that's it. Right. They either forfeit, and you know, I mean, the Wizards suck. So I guess you could just take a game away from that because they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, they, they just look terrible. Besides Bradley Beal, I, I have no idea what they're going to do. But, yeah, the Bulls' next game is a, a, against Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City on Friday. So that's the next time we'll see them. That's almost too long. I'm going to go through withdrawals. We just started playing watchable basketball, and now, now i got to wait a week. And, and that's – see, I love that you bring that up too, man. Like, basketball is all about rhythm, you know, and, and I believe that. It, and when – 
And when this kind of shit happens, like, obviously we've never seen anything like it before, but these guys are going to get cold just not playing competitive basketball. I wonder how that affect. I wonder how that affects a guy like Kobe and Zach. I wonder, don't, you know, don't you dare revert back to the first nine games, Wendell. Don't you fucking do it. Don't you do it. A guy like Lowry Markkinen too. I know he's been out with the protocol. He keeps testing negative, um, but he was in the same car with Sato. Right. That's what Kobe Westerland put out that he was on a twelve-hour trip back to Chicago with him in the same van I think it was him archie and sato in the same van the driver was behind a plexiglass shield but they were all in the back together for 12 hours so lowry was pretty freaked out he thought that he was most definitely going to test positive right i mean again there's just no and they left hutch in dc <laughs> Hutch was in a hotel room in Washington. Dude, I, I'll tell you something right. I'd be fucking livid. I'd be, I mean, I'd understand, but I'd be fucking livid if that were to happen to me. Like, that would suck horribly to be stuck in a city that's not home with just a bag of whatever the fuck you brought and you're stuck there for four, 10, 14 days, whatever it is. Dude, oh my God. Uh, and I'm not going to stress too much about that situation. Getting sick would suck, but... Having a couple million dollars in my bank account would make being stuck somewhere for 10 days okay. I don't think I'd figure it out. <laughs> Touche, my friend. Touche. So, You're not worried about not having clothes. Just pay somebody to go get them for you. Touche. I, I, I give you that one for sure. Um, so, yeah, we'll touch on this Oklahoma City game, and then we'll ride out in the sunset here. So we'll be back with the post game. It's an early game, which is nice because, I, like I told everybody, I was going to try my hardest in this West Coast trip to stay awake. Um, it just didn't happen. Sunday with the Bears losing and everything going on with that, it was, just wasn't a good day to record. So we, uh, we, you know, we did today, and we actually got, a, I think, a pretty decent podcast out of it, you know, able to talk about issues that are going on, things that we've seen, things that we enjoy, things that make us laugh, which is cool. But Oklahoma City has been actually doing really well. Um, you know, they're not the, over expectations. I mean, if they were – they're 5-4. and four. You know, nine games, five and four. I didn't see that kind of come, and I thought they were going to be a little bit worse than that. They do have some good players on that team. I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just, you know, I didn't think they. I felt like in the beginning of the year they were going like full like fuck you, I'm tanking shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I mean. They stocked up on draft picks, all that noise. I mean, they ha you know they had a guy like Ubre on the roster. They got rid of him right away. They just have SGA. I feel like now, and they have a couple that's like George Hill and Al Horford. But then you go down that roster and you look at it like Mike Muscala, Justin Jackson. You know, <laughs> I mean, the uh, Trevor Ariza. You know, Diallo. So they, I don't know. On that topic of exceeding expectations, I believe it was Hoop Supply that put out a tweet earlier today. That put Russell Westbrook and the Wizards three and eight, Kevin Durant in the Nets five and six, James Harden in the Rockets three and five, Oklahoma City Thunder five and four. Obviously, all three of those players were originally on the Thunder, um, and they've all been traded and moved on from. And the Thunder somehow have a better record than all three of their past. They didn't win MVPs in OKC, but they're three 
recent MVPs that were all drafted in OKC are all on teams with worse records than the team that has 21 first-round fucking picks for the next X amount of years and sold off absolutely everything. So, hey, I mean, good for OKC, but Billy's got to come in and set that shit straight because, well, we can't lose three in a row and we can't lose to that team. Yeah, no, I I don't think we lose to him. I, if I got to take a prediction there, I think the Bulls win that game. Um, you know, well, let's I, see who, who who have they beat? They beat the Nets, the Knicks, they beat the Pelicans. Oh my God, that's another, that's that's another thing. Everybody is so was so on this Knicks train, bro. You know, they're all like the Knicks. Look at what Tibbs doing with the Knicks. Just give it time. You mean by everybody? Do you mean Joe Cowley slobbing off at the knob there? Just you know, yeah, did you Tibbs see... is the greatest thing ever. Did you did you see Fred and his interaction? I thought that was fucking kind of hilarious. I I didn't bother to get into it. That's uh, I think I read maybe two or three tweets. It made me laugh because it's just it's typical Tibbs. He's playing Julius Randle like thirty nine minutes and R J Barrett fucking 40 minutes already <laughs> it's just it's tibbs man it's what tibbs does don't get me wrong Tib- i liked tibbs when he was here i really did i thought he was a good coach i thought that he got the most out of his players i just thought that he killed them towards the end that's all you know um no yeah if you want to make it to the playoffs for a couple of years you got the right guy if you want to sustain success you better be uh recycling pieces pretty often um so no i mean good for the knicks uh, in, in the Bulls' defense, I'm going to say their schedule has been a little rougher than a lot of these teams out the gate. So hopefully getting back to being healthy and getting to a more, you know, balanced out schedule, winnable game here, tough game, you know, alternating. Um, I'm excited to see what we do as a team because the games have been enjoyable. And as we already said, no, we're not trying to give out participation trophies. It just feels a lot better the last five games than it did the first five games because the first five games it was like, what are we doing? Why the hell am I even watching this? We're just doing this again. It's the same thing. Um, so to finally see us kind of break out of that mold of depression is is encouraging. So I hope basketball continues. I hope we play this game Friday and. Let's get a win. Let's get right back on the, the track that we need to be on to, to get into a play-in game. Is it, wouldn't that kind of be, like, best-case scenario almost? Make the play-in, lose, still get a lottery pick, still get playoff-ish experience, you know? Kind I, think, of get the I, think, there? I think growth was the, the biggest thing that I wanted to see, and whether or not that translate into wins is remain to be seen. But, I mean, listen, I – I do think I've stated before a million times as you have. I think there's young talent here, and I think there's they can you know Billy's a guy who can help them reach their potential. Obviously, it's not all going to happen in one season, and obviously in a weird season like this, I mean he didn't have really a great you know a long preseason or a training camp or anything like that. It's not you know he's implementing all these new things. I think you're going to see the team grow during the year, and I think that would be a really great scenario. There's a lot of people that just want him to lose every game. And listen, if it fucking happened, I would bitch about it because I know we're getting a draft pick. And I know that I doubted, again, I, I always admit it, I doubted AK and Mark when they took Patrick Williams. Kids look good. He's gotten a lot of compliments. He got compliments after playing Giannis. He got compliments after playing Kawhi. Then he got compliments after playing uh, LeBron James. And the three best defensive games that he's had this year, guess they were against those three guys. He's a rookie. So, yeah, there's promise for sure. Um whatever happened 
happens, happens. If, you know, they, they flame out and they lose a lot, we have to cover it like we did last year. At least now we know that there's a direction that they're going where I feel confident in who's scouting the talent that'll potentially be a part of this team come NBA draft and free agency, and we'll go on from there. But I'm, I'm hoping and praying for good health uh, for every NBA team, and I'm hoping that we don't have to cancel a lot of games or, or see the season get postponed. That's that's my biggest thing right now is I just I don't want to go without Bulls basketball. No, Bears are done. Baseball isn't starting for a while. I guess Blackhawks are starting soon, right? But you already mentioned you're not a big fan of hockey either of mine. Since they won those cups, I haven't paid much attention. Um, so no, uh, let's let's hope this season keeps going. Let's hope the Bulls do something. But to your point, if the Bulls lose every game this season or it comes down to whether or not Zach Levine makes the last shot of the game every game, sign me up. I'll watch that every night. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. You got anything else before we ride out, man? Nope, let's let's just ride out in silence. Goodbye. <laughs> Be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. NBA 123B-Ball. If you listen to this podcast, we'd really love to have you on. Just throwing that out there. Uh, follow Bulls on Tap at On Tap Sportsnet. Follow at Bulls Scripted. Follow at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. So give us a five star rating and review because that shit's cool and tough. Hopefully, we'll be back Friday with the post game after the Bulls beat the Thunder. And then sometime we'll be having that guest coach Nick on from B Ball Breakdown sometime in the uh, near future. Let's go, Bulls.